0: You got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Starting a brand new series today called Disconnect. If you got a Bible, open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, i have it on the screen for you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14, it says this, and then you will know you will no longer be immature like children. You won't be tossed around and blown about with every wind of new teaching. You will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so cleverly that sound like truth, but instead you will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit perfectly together. Each part does its own special work, and as And as it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full in love. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. Praise you. Speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Okay. So what's Paul talking about? Okay. Paul's talking about three essential things. Okay. And these are the three essential things. Number one is this. Is our connection to Jesus... How important that is on a daily, daily basis. Look at your neighbor, touch him, grab him, say daily basis, daily basis, okay? Daily basis, all right? Number two is rooted in our belief in the Word of God. We're rooted in our faith. We're rooted in who we are. We're rooted in what we understand. And then number three is this, our life of faith that helps other people grow, okay? Okay? As we live out our lives, as we express Jesus in our everyday life, it helps other people to look at our life and go, wow, I want to be like that. I want to look like them. I want to talk like them. I want to act like them. I want to be like them. And so in this series, okay, we're going to talk about being connected to Jesus, the source. Okay, Because how many of you know that is so vitally important to have the victorious life? Okay? I think a lot of times in church, uh, we get to these places where we get frustrated in our journey with Jesus because we're not seeing the victorious life that he has for us, but a lot of times, it's an issue that we are not properly connecting to the power source. Okay, So over the next few weeks, we're going to take a little journey. We're going to talk about the things that can either help us to connect us to Jesus or the things that disconnect us, and a lot of times, there's these things that disconnect us in our relationship. So... I want you to put your hands together, and I want you to get loud for the amazing, the unbelievably looking, good, talented, amazing man, Drew Woodworth, as he comes, and he helps me this morning. We got an illustration this morning, okay? Come on, Drew. Where's our blender? We got it? Okay. Okay. How many of you like smoothies? Smoothie, okay? Okay. Love those places, okay? Like Smoothie King, places like that, okay? Just hate how long you have to wait. Seriously, you like order a smoothie, and like 10 minutes later, you're like, did you go to the jungle to get the bananas? Like, where is my smoothie, you know? We just blend this stuff up, correct? Okay? So, um, today, we're going to make a smoothie, okay? Anybody would like to taste our smoothie? You want to be the ta- Anna? Anna? Ben? Benny boy, oh, Benny boy, look how good he's sitting up here today, listening to his dad. Oh, you're cute. All right, so, all right, simple ingredients, right? We got some oinkos, right? What? Oinkos. Oinkos, or I can't say it. Oinkos. You say it. Oikos. Okay, I thought that's what I said, but I guess I didn't say that. I apologize, okay? okay. So we got some yogurt, okay? We got some nanners, okay? Anybody want a nanner this morning? You're like, I just need a nanner this morning. No, no you unhealthy people. All you come for is the donuts every week, don't you, okay? Um, we got some blueberries, and we got some strawberries. Do you think we can make a good smoothie with this? I think so. Yeah, okay, no. Okay, okay. So here's the deal. When we take all these ingredients and we put it into our container and we blend it up, we get something really good, right? We get something really tasty, correct, okay? Now, it's the same way in our relationship with Jesus, okay? So, we're just going to relate some things to our relationship with Jesus, okay? So, Drew, let's take some yogurt, okay, some oinkos. I'm calling it oinkos. I don't care what you guys say. I call it oinkos. Uh, yeah, Jesus loves me just like he loves you, okay? So, our uh, yogurts going to represent time, okay? How many you know in a relationship, you need time, okay? Um, you know, that's the number one thing when you get married and you have a bunch of kids. That's the number one thing in your marriage you're fighting for all the time, is time, you know? Like, Last night, me and Jess, we were in the room, it was probably, you know, 10 o'clock, and uh, we're trying to discuss some decisions that we have to make pretty quick about where we're going to live this next year and the schools our boys are going to go to, and this kid is running in in his tidy whities like every, you know, four minutes, you know, asking us about a drink or um, about the fan blowing directly on his face because he's hot, Um, but you know, you understand that, that in a relationship, you're always fighting for time. Because time is what makes a relationship great. you got to spend time with the person that you love so that you build the relationship, so you can talk, so you can communicate, so that you can love each other. So we need time. So add some time, okay, in, into our relationship. Um, the second thing that we need in a great relationship is this, authenticity, Okay. Don't you need to be authentic in a relationship? The ability to just be you, just be the weird, quirky you, you know what I mean? So we're going to take some blueberries, and that's going to represent being authentic and authenticity, okay? Number three thing that we always need in a relationship is this. We need great communication, we got to be able to talk. We got to be able to communicate with each other. We got to be able to uh, be able to share things and talk about the future and and to relate different things. So we're going to use what are we going to use, Drew? We got we got strawberries. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay, we got strawberries again. All right, I love Drew. Okay, so fourth thing we always need in a great relationship is what? We need trust. Correct. If there's no trust, how are we supposed to have a great relationship, okay? Trust gives me the ability to walk the journey of life with somebody and know that they want the best for me, correct, okay? I hope that my wife wants the best for me. I want the best for her. There's a trust that we've built and we have a bond. And then the fifth ingredient, what we got left, Drew? We got, some, we got some yogurt, banana. Yeah, we got nanners. Nanners, hey, nanners is trust. You're getting behind, my friend, okay? You're working it? Okay, you're working it. All right, so throw it half a banana in here. Here we're gonna, we're gonna do a monkey style. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Straight up. Straight up, straight up. Straight up. Hey, that's just brute strength, okay? Uh-huh. That's all these muscles under the shirt you can't see, okay? So I know, it's just it's just clean and trim. There's like a 12-pack under here. So yeah, you know. <laughs> so And then number five is this, in a relationship, the ability to just be real, right? The ability to just be you is so incredibly important, okay? Like, for instance, I chew with my mouth open and talk all the time. I am so sorry if I do that with you, okay? My wife tells me I sound like a horse when I eat, okay? all the time. It's been an ongoing fight for 13 years now. I tell her repeatedly, it's not going to change in Jesus' name, okay? Just get used to it, okay? But you have to be able to just be yourself, you know what I mean? So let's add some be yourself in there, okay? Oh, look at this. Look at this thing. This thing is looking good, Drew. Yeah? You ready to try this thing? Okay. All right, so let's, let's talk about this. Hold on. Give me this for a second, okay? So we got some beautiful ingredients, right? And this looks tasty, correct? I mean, all these different fruits and the yogurt and the milk and everything, it all looks really, really good right now. we know this, that if we hook it up and we blend it all together, it's going to make a really awesome drink. Okay, just like our relationship with Jesus. If we add all these ingredients, we've add time, authenticity, communication, trust, the ability to just be you to our relationship with Jesus, and then we hook it up to Jesus and we blend it all together. Again, guess what happens? We have a real, alive relationship with Jesus. And that's what we're going for. I'm not looking for religion. I'm not looking to build religion. I'm not looking to build a religious church. I'm looking to build people who are alive in Jesus, that have hope, that have joy, that have peace, that have the goodness of God, that have love filling every being of their body and every day of their life, they're walking in victory. That is what we want at Elevate Church. Can I get an amen on that, okay? So if we blend it up, we're gonna build something really really amazing, but we got to hook it up to the power source, correct, to blend it. Now, here's the truth. If we were to just leave this unconnected to the power source, over a course of a week, what's gonna happen to this beautiful cup of strawberries and bananas and blueberries and yogurt? It's gonna turn really green and nasty and it's gonna start to mold and it's gonna start to rot. And then something that was really beautiful and really awesome all of a sudden, all of a sudden just starts to become something that we go, no, I don't wanna touch that. I don't wanna smell that. I don't wanna get close to that. Why? Because it was never hooked up to the power source correct so when we hook it up drew let's hook this sucker up okay drew you're going to make a, a woman very happy someday okay i'm t- i'm telling you I'm telling you this is a now here we go you ready no no here we go now we hook it up to the power source now here's the truth we put it on but nothing happens correct nothing happens until we lock it in to the proper place. And when we lock it into the proper place, then what happens? Let's see what happens. Okay. Lock it in, Drew. Hey. Oh, come on. We got to get better in that. Get that yogurt down there, buddy. Come on. Here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Now pull it up. Yeah. There we go. Shake, 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 shake. More juice. More juice. More juice. So... Here we go, here we go. Now pop that thing open. We don't need more juice. Woo! Look at that. Looks good. Look at that. Who yeah. wants some, Benny? All right, come here. All right, come here, buddy boy. Come on, give it up for Benny this morning. Yay. What's it taste like? Uh blueberries. Blueberries. Show everybody that mustache, real quick. <laughs> you want it, Benny boy? Yeah? Okay. It's all yours, buddy. Okay give it up for Drew, give it up for our awesome smoothie this morning. Look, you're like, why did you do that? Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to visually help you understand that it's like this. We can have all the ingredients. Okay. But sometimes those ingredients aren't really connected to the source of the power. Okay. And what happens a lot of times is this, let's just be honest. Um, we come to church on Sundays we have awesome worship. We have awesome experiences in Word. We have these awesome moments with Jesus. And then what happens when we walk out the door? Life hits us. Busyness hits us. Our jobs hit us. Our families hit us. And all of a sudden, we go from this amazing moment, high-top moment with Jesus, to now it's Wednesday. And you're like, oh, God, if I can just get back to Sunday. Why? Because we're not connected we're not connected to the power source on a daily basis. So we're going to look at these five ingredients over the next few weeks, okay? Because each ingredient is incredibly impo- important to being connected in a great, thriving relationship with Jesus, okay? Um, if you got a Bible, uh, go with me, John chapter 21, okay? John chapter uh, 21. But I'm going to read a verse for you, and we're going to throw it on the screen first, out of Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13, it says this, when Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? The disciples replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elisha, some say that you're Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Okay, so at first he goes, I want to know what everybody else is saying about me, but now I want to know what you think. I want to know what you believe. You tell me what you believe about who I am. And Simon, Peter answered, he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied, you are blessed, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this unto you. There are things that I can never teach you. There are things that I could never show you. There are things that come directly from heaven, directly from the Holy Spirit, directly from moments that we spend with the Father, moments that we spend in worship, moments we spend with Jesus, that he reveals something to your heart that is personal to you and it's from heaven. And all, all of a sudden we get away from this idea that Pastor Jeff is Jesus and he needs to lead me and my family. No, Pastor Jeff is not Jesus. I'm not here here to lead you perfectly in your family I'm here to lead you to the source that will lead you in your family lead you to victories in Jesus name amen you need revelation that comes from him he said you didn't learn this from human beings there comes a place where you go I I love our church and I love the time of corporate worship, and I love the time of coming together and reading the word, and I kind of love the the relationships and the fellowship, and I love what Pastor Jeff gives me, but there's a time that we grow up spiritually, and all of a sudden on Monday, and on Tuesday, and on the Thursdays, and on the Saturdays, we start carving out a little bit of time where we go, you know what, I'm gonna get away, and I'm gonna spend some time in the word. I'm gonna spend some time worshiping myself. I'm gonna spend some time hearing from heaven. I'm not gonna hear from a human being. I'm going to hear directly from the source. Verse 18, it says, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, I'm going to take you, Peter, and I'm going to build my church upon you. The church of Jesus Christ, the church that has live today in 2017 was first built upon who this guy named Peter now if you know anything about Peter he's a little crazy and I understand this and and to be honest with you I can relate to Peter probably more than any of the disciples in the Bible because there's some things that are about Peter that I just I get like Peter always talks too much okay You know, there's always, we find these moments where Peter's running his mouth, and he's running, you know, his opinions, and he's saying everything that he wants to say, and he's just throwing it out there. And I understand this, because half the time, after we go out to dinner with somebody, or we're out together as a group of people, we'll be in the car, and Jess will be like, could you have just shut your mouth at some point in the night, you know what I mean? Like, you just Talk and you talk and you talk, and then on top of talking, you talk some more. I just need you to chill out sometimes. So I understand, Peter. I get it. I love talking. You know what I mean? Like, I am not the typical man. You know what I mean? I think sometimes when I'm hanging out with like Josh, like I'll just keep talking and he'll just keep going, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He's thinking, like, oh, are you a woman, Pastor Jeff? You know what I mean? I just I just keep talking because I love talking. I understand, Peter. I understand that Peter was a little wild, and he had an angry streak. I mean, let's think about this. Peter takes a sword and chops some dude's ear off, but let's be honest. Is he really swinging for the ear? I mean, think about how hard it would be to perfectly cut off Shannon's ear. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? We'd get a little hair, too. No, there's not hair. You know what I mean? But maybe some beard hair, okay? You know what I mean? But it would be pretty tough. I think that Peter was angry. I think Peter was going, this is my king. This is my dude. I've been with him for three years, and you think you're just going to take him away? No, uh uh-uh. I think Peter grabbed that sword, and I think he was swinging for the head. I think Peter was trying to cut the dude's head off, and the guy went back, and he got his ear. I understand, Peter. I, there's moments in my life where um, I, I remember a church league basketball game that me and this guy were, like, going, we're going, like, head to head. I end up dropping 38 points on him. He ends up cutting my legs out underneath me, and I, like, smack my head to the floor. And, I mean, like, I pop up in this middle of this church league basketball game, and I'm like, mother, what? You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, like, steam flying out of my ears. We're like fighting. My brother, that just got back from Iraq, he has one dude by the throat up against the wall. He's like, I'm going to kill you. You don't touch my brother. You know what I mean? I mean, after all this goes down, we're out in the parking lot. Cops are showing up. I understand, Peter. (laughs) You're like, who is this guy? these stories aren't real. No, ask Jess. She was a part of them. She was part of when I threw my Jordans down the court and they perfectly flipped and flipped and flipped and hit a kid in the head because I was angry because I just got fouled out of the game. She was there when I kicked a team, a kid off of the youth band. I kicked a kid, a kid, like a freshman kid off the youth band. Who does this? What kind of a pastor Am I? Listen, I understand him, okay? I understand that sometimes he was emotionally unstable. Right? You're like, oh, gosh, where are you going with this? Right? I mean, Peter, there was moments, like, let's think about the Last Supper. Peter's like, Jesus, I'm your dude. I will never, ever, ever deny you. I will always have your back. I will always be like, we are boys. You know what I mean? It's like ride or die, Jesus. I'm with you, Jesus. Ride or die. I'm right there with you, right? He has moments like that to just look a little farther down the road, and all of a sudden, he's denying Jesus three times, denying that he even knew him, denying his existence. Peter is emotionally unstable, and I understand this because I have moments in my life where I'm like, Jesus is amazing. And then I have moments where I'm like, what is going on? Are you there? And he'll go, son, what's you know I'm here. I get it. I understand that that Peter was an uneducated fisherman. Uneducated fisherman. You know, you gotta understand in that day, in that time, um, being a disciple was a common thing. There was lots of disciples. And there was lots of teachers. And if you didn't get picked to be a disciple, it was kind of like saying, no, you're not good enough. You're not cool enough. You're not, you don't have it. And so because you don't have it, you just need to go work the docks. You just need to be a fisherman. I understand this. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not the most educated person you've ever met in your life. I struggled in school. School was never easy. I mean, like a C average was like an A average for me. I mean, I'd bring home Cs, and my mom and dad, they'd be like, give it up for Jeff. Come on, you know? I understand the feeling of being overlooked. I understand the feeling of not being picked to be the, the shining star. I relate to Peter. I understand Peter. I understand, you know, that he's a, little, he's a little crazy, but the thing I don't understand is this, is that Jesus picked him to start the church. If I came next week and I brought a dude like Peter, and said, hey, just want to let everybody know we hired an associate pastor. He's here to work with your kids. He's here to work with you, help you in your marriage. And I brought Peter on stage. We would have anarchy after service, you know what I mean? People would be like, I do not trust this church anymore. Pastor Jeff is obviously doing drugs. Something is going on in his life. He is mixed up. I don't know how in the world he thinks we're going to hire this dude to be on staff at this. It ain't happening in my church in Jesus' name, right? But then, oh, Lukey. Oh, I heard Lukey laugh. He hears his dad. I love it. But this, this is who Jesus picks. This is who Jesus says, I'm going to establish the most important thing that's ever going to happen on the face of the earth, the church of Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than the local church. Nothing. I believe that 100%. I believe in the local church. I believe we're the hope of the world. I believe that we're life. I believe that we're joy. I believe that we're peace. And I believe that there are thousands of people out there looking for it, and we just got to shine it and show it to them. I believe in the local church. I believe in it. And Jesus says, I'm going to start it with this guy, Peter. Peter. Go with me now, John chapter 21, okay? John 21. Jesus goes to the cross. Peter denies him. And we're going to catch up with the story of where, where Peter is now, okay? Where's Peter after Jesus has passed away and he's denied him? John chapter 21, it says this, this is how it happened. Several of the disciples, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee were with them. Verse three, Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like Peter's like, I know Jesus said, "I'm, I'm a rock. And I know Jesus believes in me. And I know that Jesus said he was going to build his church upon me. I know that's what he said, but the reality is, I'm not that person. You ever had that moment before? You failed? I want you to think for a second after the third time that Peter denied Jesus. Can you imagine the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, in his ear going, yep, you're not that guy. We all knew it. You're just a fisherman. You're just an uneducated fisherman. You have no business being with this guy, Jesus. You're not that guy. So you know what? You should just go back to doing what you know to do. And I think this happens a lot of times in church, to be honest. We have a moment we fail in our life. We have a moment we fail in our marriage. We have a moment we fail in our business. We have a moment we fail. And all of a sudden, we stop showing up to church. Because the enemy is right there going, yep, you're not, that, you're not that guy. You're not that woman. You're not that person. And we just go back to what we are comfortable with. And so here's Peter. He goes, Okay. I know I just spent three years with him, but I'm not that guy. So I'm just gonna pack up my stuff. And and you, we see that Peter's a leader because there's people following him, right? There's people following Peter and he's a leader. And he goes, okay, I'm just gonna go back to fishing. And everybody else goes, okay, if Peter's gonna fish, I'm gonna fish. If this didn't work for Peter, it's not working for me. And we're just gonna follow Peter. And where do we find Peter? Going back to the docks. He's gonna go fishing. They said, well, we'll come too. So they went on the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing at the beach. I just, I love this picture. Mm. (laughs) Jesus will come to you, He'll search you out. You can't hide, okay? You can't hide. He will come and he will find you, not because he's mad at you, because he loves you. Because he's full of grace. He's full of goodness. He's full of peace. And he comes and he finds them at the, at the docks. And Jesus at dawn is standing there at the beach. And he says to the disciples, he calls out, followers, have you caught any fish? Come on, Jesus. You're Jesus. You know everything. You know what I mean? Like what kind of a question is this? Have you caught any fish? They replied, No. He said this, now, I want you to throw your nets on the right side. You've been fishing on the left side because you got to understand these fishermen, they would take their boats out so far, and they would always fish on the left side because that's the deep side of the sea, right? Because that's where you would think all the fish would be, on the deep side, correct, if you were to go fishing. Jesus comes and says, hey, I want you to throw your nets on the other side, the shallow side. Jesus is telling a bunch of fishermen, hey, you're doing it wrong, okay? Can you imagine what these fishermen are thinking? For real? Are you serious? It's just like this building we just found. I kept going to Bill and Etta going, Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And they go, God has it. God has it. God has it. And I kept looking and looking and looking. And it wasn't in the deep end. It was in the shallow end. Sometimes Jesus is going to go, hey, you're fishing in the wrong ponds. I need you to fish in this side of the pond. And so they decide they throw their nets onto the other side. And so they did it. And this is what happens. The Bible says that they get a hole so big that they can't even haul it in. The nets fill up. Verse 7, the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, I think that's the Lord. (laughs) Isn't that funny? A miracle happens, and all of a sudden they go, wait, wait, wait. I know that. I know that. We're familiar with that. see we should be familiar with the supernatural we should be familiar with miracles it shouldn't be something that we just go wow I can't believe that happened one time listen they were familiar with the miraculous it wasn't weird to them so when the miraculous happened they go oh I know who that is that's the Lord we can't we can't make it out from back here where we're at but we know who he is and we know his personality that's the Lord So when Simon Peter heard this, that it was the Lord, it says this, that he put on his tunic. For he had stood down for work. I was like, Lord, why why does he put his tunic on? Because you got to understand, he's probably just naked out there. He's out on the boat working trying to get these fish he's taking off all his clothes and the Bible says that he puts his tunic on he puts his clothes back on to go see Jesus and I was like Lord why why does he do this he has this personal relationship with you why does he do this he said go back to Genesis what did Adam and Eve do when they sinned they clothed themselves because they thought we can hide. We're gonna hide our shame and our guilt. We're gonna hide it from the Lord. We're gonna try to cover it. And this is what Peter's doing. He's putting his tunic back on because he's not, he's not confident in who he is. He's not confident in what God has said over him. He's not confident in what God has called him to do. So he puts it on to hide. Because he feels like, I can't be myself, Jesus. The real me is a mess. The real me has issues. The real me has struggles. And I don't know if you want to be associated to that anymore, Jesus. And so he puts on his tunic. And he heads over to the boat. Verse 9, when he got there, he found breakfast waiting for him. Fish cooking over charcoal and some fresh bread. Isn't Jesus just so good to us? Listen, I don't know who this is for today, but God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need. And he will cook it up for you. I know we talk about what God wants to do through us a lot, but I need you to understand, God cares about you intimately, personally. He cares about what you care about. He really does. And Jesus said, hey, Bring some of those fish over. The Bible says they caught 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. The Lord spoke to me as soon as I read that. This week he said, you're about to go fishing. Elevate Church is about to go fishing. And you're about to catch a bunch of fish. And then that's not going to tear. But you're about to go fishing. And then Jesus says, here, come have some breakfast so they eat breakfast. Verse 15, I'm ending with this. Verse 15. Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says this, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than all these other disciples? This is Peter's response. Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then he says, then feed my lambs. Jesus asked him a second time, son of John, do you love me? His response is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus' response is, then take care of my sheep. Jesus asked him a third time, son of John, Peter, do you love me? Peter says this, Lord, you know everything. What is Peter saying? Listen, I'm trying to hide everything, but I want you to know that you know everything, Jesus. I can't hide anything from you. That's the craziest thing, is that sometimes we walk in the church and we think I can hide from the Lord, but the Lord sees everything. He sees it all. And his response to him is then, if you love me, then take care of my sheep. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth in verse 18. When you were young, you were able to do it as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you away where you do not want to go. Jesus is telling them how he's going to die. Basically, Jesus is saying, listen, upon this rock, upon Peter, upon this mess, upon these struggles, upon what may looks to everybody else to be a mess, upon this, I'm going to build my church. And then Jesus says to Peter, come follow me. I think we struggle with this, with our relationship with Jesus. We feel like if I'm the real, if I'm real with Jesus, he's going to have issues. If I have real doubts, if I have real concerns, if I have real things that I don't understand, if I have real moments that I don't know if I can completely trust Him, if I have real moments with the Lord, then He's not going to be pleased with me. But it's just the opposite. He says, No, I want the real you. I want the real you on Monday. I want the real you on Thursday. I want the real you when your boss chews you out for something you didn't do. I want the real you. I want you to get in the car, and I want you to tell me how you really feel. Because that's relationship, right? In relationship, I have the ability to just be me. I have the ability to say, here I am. this is the same thing with the Lord. But I think a lot of times we lose our relationship with Jesus. We lose our power because we feel like, you know what, man, I really blew it today. I really blew it today in my marriage. You know, the other day I was really, really stressed about something and and just came with the boys and they're running around like little boys run around and and i just had this little freak out moment and i just kind of yelled at the boys and, and i hadn't seen the boys in probably two days i mean seriously about two days and they're looking at me like and at that moment i remember driving home that night and I, it's just the enemy in the car going you're a terrible dad prioritizing the church over your boys you yell at your boys you're an awful dad See, the enemy is the accuser of the brother. It's not what heaven's saying. Has God's love changed for me? No. I just need to refocus my eyes back on him. And when I did that, all of a sudden I'm I'm a good dad again, right? Say it up with me today. That's what we're doing when we worship. We're just focusing on him. We're allowing heaven to speak over your life to say, you know what? I'm proud of you. You're a great mom. You're a great dad. You're a great boss. You got a great future. When we connect on that level, we find who we are. And the Lord allows us to be who we are. He's not surprised. God's not surprised at my man's beard. You know what I mean? Like, like God knew that beard was going to grow. You know what I mean? Like, like God's not surprised with your personality. God's not surprised with what you like and what you dislike. God's not surprised with your doubts and your fears. God's not surprised by any of this stuff. He just says, come to me, find your true identity, find who you are, and then walk in victory. Because you know what I love about this story with Peter? From this moment, from that moment that he finds Jesus on the beach, Peter's a completely different person. It seals stuff in his heart. He locked in just like that smoothie, locked in. He locked into Jesus. And from that moment on, he was a completely different man. That's what happens When you lock into Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit fills you, the strength from heaven comes. He fills you with love and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm not saying you're not going to have mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but the reality is you're going to quickly turn from those mistakes. Things that would take you a week to get right, all of a sudden takes you less than 24 hours to get right. Seven years ago, we would have a knockout, dragout fight, and it would be about two weeks later of not talking to each other that we would be like, all right, we got to fix this. Now, we can't go 24 hours. We have a fight, and I swear now it's like maybe an hour, and we're like, hey, I'm so sorry. Why? Because the Holy Spirit fills you. His love is so thick inside of you that you go, I can't live like this anymore. I'm a different person. I'm a different person. Close your eyes with me. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. Come on, let's just worship Jesus today.